Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot. I am your host, and with me again tonight, the third night in a row, Justin. It's three in hey, a row. It's, fan- it's fantasy season. It's going to be a regular occurrence. I made me. I you know, you're whether people like that or not. It will be a regular occurrence. <laughs> I may need to uh, to have the intro changed again. Uh- <laughs> if you don't know my name, you will. By the end of this show. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, make sure right now, before you do anything else, and before we go any farther, make sure to hit that subscribe button in the corner. Whether you are on, uh, whether you're on YouTube, iTunes, Overcast, Castbox, Google Play, Stitcher, Breaker, wherever else you can hear this podcast. Instagram. Inst- you can subscribe on Instagram. Well, follow. You can follow on Instagram. Um, and hit that bell notification. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we, uh, yeah, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Um, we made the announcement yesterday that we would be posting the accuracy results from Fantasy Pros, and we cannot do that because Fantasy Pros hasn't actually posted the accuracy rankings yet. So we will do that as soon as it's available. Uh, just haven't been able to do that yet. One thing we actually, go ahead. One more day till the pain. Yeah, one more day until we see just <laughs> just how good or really bad the rankings were hey, this week. I, it hasn't happened yet. I was perfect. Just <laughs> I was perfect. Um, I do want to add one thing. The one thing that we have added to the website, just so everyone knows and can see it, um, we've actually added a Who Should I Start page on SkullKingFootball.com. It is powered by by fantasy pros and it's run through our um using our writers so if you go on to there you go to uh um skulkingfootball.com slash start dash sit or if you just go to skulkingfootball.com and click the who should i start tab at the top you can actually go on there and pick and you know between two players so for this week if you want to say you know dalvin cook and james connor select the two of them and it'll tell you well, it's loading, loading, loading. If we haven't had uh, player, if we haven't submitted our rankings, I don't know if those will work. Yeah, well, at least I have not submitted mine yet. One person has put in their their week two rankings so far, so um, apparently it's still loading. It could just be that Fantasy Pros is down right now because of all the stuff that they're doing. So, but just wanted to let make that uh, let you guys know that, that is available. Go to skulkingfootball.com, hit the Who Should I Start tab. Um, and once we get more of our rankings in, so you're you're better off looking around Thursday. Uh, once we have all that stuff in, and all of us have submitted our rankings, our or at least preliminary rankings for week two. So yes. All right, I believe that is all the announcements. So why don't we go ahead and get into the headlines? Today's headlines. And to start it off, you know, Antonio Brown just cannot help but be in the news at all. I mean, <laughs> so with and it's not going away anytime soon. Th- so yeah, this th- one's. Even if you're rolling your eyes, buckle up. Buck- this is not. Uh, most of you, by the time you've heard this podcast, you will have known what we're talking about. 
apparently this evening, just bef- you know, a couple hours before we posted this or before we started on this podcast, Antonio Brown has been accused of three separate accounts of sexual assault. Um, the there's a a woman taking him to court to federal court um, over this. There has been. Uh, His lawyer has already put out a statement um, that all of their contact had been consensual. And so there we've got a whole bunch of he said, she said going on. And so this is um, not great. The uh, the Patriots have also put out a statement saying that they are aware of the investigation. The NFL is now investigating this. And we very well could see Antonio Brown not playing for at least a few more weeks if they even get started on this and the commissioner decides to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Uh, I don't, if you gave me my, if for my two cents, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Goodell's buddy buddy with the Patriots owner. Um, I don't, see it happening this week now if something more breaks um the the unfortunate uh common reality with this type of news is that more stories come out of the woodwork as time progresses um if more stories come out then i see there being a more legitimate spot that he doesn't play and let's let's be real here he shouldn't play if, if these are true, gone. I don't care how talented he is. He shouldn't be playing the NFL. If the NFL wants to put uh, a, a legitimate stance on how men should treat women, Antonio Brown shouldn't play if this comes out to be true. Once again, we're not picking sides on this, just delivering the news. Um, I think he plays. I'm statting him to play. Um, but this news just came out an hour ago. Yeah, so for now for – now, until we hear otherwise, he's playing on Sunday. Uh, we don't know how much involvement he's actually going to have in the offense, um, just because it'll be his first week. So we'll we'll kind of see what what happens there. Um, and yeah, I think we're just going to move on from that. I mean, we again, all we've done, all we can do right now is just kind of report where they're at in the investigation that they have. The NFL is investigating to see what's going on with this. And until we hear more, you know, we we just kind of continue as is for now. Moving on to story number two. Uh, Mike Tomlin is optimistic for Juju's availability for Sunday versus the Seattle Seahawks. That does not sound promising. After he went down in the game on uh, on Sunday night against the Patriots. On the last play. On the last play. I believe it was an ankle injury, I believe. Yes. Um, Yeah, this is not – as a Juju owner in a league, this is not pretty. (laughs) Um, um, As a Seahawks fan, I'm not sad about it. As a owner of Juju, I'm not happy about it. So, (laughs) um, for right now – I th- I think you have to run your 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 uh, lineups as if he's possibly going to play. Um, 
what I would do is for right now, I would actually move Juju to your um I would move him to your flex position and see what you can do there. Um and that way it, it leaves you with the ability um to make changes if you need to and, and opens up a little more a little more space uh for you to kind of arrange your um your lineup. So um Jess, would you would that be a, a suggestion that you would Yeah, I'd go with that. So yeah, I mean especially since that's a that's gonna be a ten o'clock game, you're gonna have games in the afternoon. Um, you know, maybe move him to your move him to your flex or actually if you keep him in your wide receiver position um no you know keep him in your flex and that way you have the ability to move him out and leave him in if you need to so all right so those are the main two stories the only other thing that we're going to add on real quick is the fact that um with the new england patriots they actually made a trade today uh trading demarius thomas to the jets and the Patriots won this trade because they got a sixth-round pick out of it. So They got something out of it for a guy they were likely going to cut. A 2021 sixth-round pick. Watch, that guy will be like the next, you know, Malcolm Butler or something. Actually, Malcolm next Butler was... Antonio un- Brown, who was drafted in the sixth round by the Steelers? Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> Or he'll be the next Dion Branch. Yeah, there Great we go. The Patriots, but can't do squat for anybody else. Yeah, basically. So... All right, so that is it for that is it for the news and notes. Uh, we are going to get into the um, the rundown of the first half of games for uh, this week. Um, we will start with the Thursday night game. I will go through two. Justin will go through one. We'll kind of go back and forth, giving our thoughts on uh, who's going to do wh- who's possibly going to do what, and kind of our thoughts on um, everyone's matchups for this week. So, let me go ahead and change that up. So, here we go. Starting off with the Buccaneers versus Panthers in Thursday night football. I'm going all Panthers in this one. Thursday night football games usually are trash. Just look back at the first game of the season with the Packers and the Bears. Usually what happens on Thursday night football is one team absolutely demolishes the other. The team that usually gets the crap kicked out of them is the visiting team, and what do you know? That's the Buccaneers this week. So I have Winston as a quarterback, too, with some possible upside. If they are struggling and be get behind early, he is going to be throwing the ball even more than he already does, which means that Carolina Panthers' defense could get a whole lot more production. Uh, it also could mean that Winston could throw for 350, 400 yards, uh, two or three TDs, and three or four interceptions. Uh, Mike Evans, I have as a wide receiver too, but has the ability to put up wide receiver one numbers if he gets, you know, 100 to 120 yards and a touchdown or two. Chris Godwin, again, is going to get targeted a lot. He has that wide receiver two upside. He's kind of right now for me in this game, back and forth between a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. He may be more of a flex play for this week. Uh, Howard, uh, OJ Howard, I still have as a mid tight end one. He has the ability. He's going to get the targets. And this last game against San Francisco, while he didn't really have the production, it was the most, it was the highest snap count he had played yet in his career in two years. Uh, Ronald Jones, while it was great to see him actually have some production, he's still not considered the starter for the team yet, according to Bruce Arians. 
So I still have him as a running back three until they give him more, um, more work. As far as the Panthers go, Cam is a quarterback one. He should have a really good game against that Bucks defense. McCaffrey is unsittable. You are going to start him. DJ Moore is a wide receiver three. Um, I think he had 10 targets in this last game, so he is definitely uh, has the potential to put up wide receiver two numbers, maybe even wide receiver one, depending if he breaks off a big play or not. Curtis Samuel is really unusable right now until we see him get more than four targets a game. Uh, Olsen is a tight end too simply because of his age I don't know if he can stay healthy he did get targeted I want to say nine times in this last game seven or nine targets in this last game if he plays he is a high-end tight end two that can put up tight end one numbers if he doesn't play Ian Thomas would be a solid pickup to possibly put up low, uh, low end tight end one again high-end tight end two numbers moving on to the next game the Cardinals versus the Ravens this game could be an absolute bloodbath if you think that this could be anywhere close to what the uh, Baltimore Ravens did to the Miami Dolphins this past Sunday looking at what the Cardinals defense has done in the preseason and then what they gave up to the Detroit Lions who somehow managed to put up solid def or solid offensive numbers this is going to be ugly again as far as the Cardinals go uh, Murray is a quarterback two with upside. I want to say this last week he finishes around the quarterback 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. And that was after finally getting his button gear and actually completing some passes in the second half of the game and in overtime. I think it's overtime that actually put him up into a quarterback one numbers. So I'm leaving him as a mid to high end quarterback two with the upside if they've got to throw the ball a whole bunch. Uh, David Johnson as a running back. I have him as a mid running back two this week with upside. Larry Fitzgerald, a wide receiver two or three. Again, he's probably going to get peppered with enough targets. He could put up low end wide receiver one numbers. Christian Kirk, they just, him and Murray have not had the connection that we were expecting from them yet. Ten targets, only four catches in the game on Sunday. I have Kirk as a wider, as more of a boomer bust wide receiver three. As far as the Ravens go, the, uh, the uh, quarterback, Lamar Jackson, he will be a quarterback one. Mark Ingram, I have as a running back two. I don't necessarily, I, I understand that the, the Arizona Cardinals defense is bad. I don't necessarily think that Mark Ingram is going to be rushing for 11 yards a carry again or somewhere around that craziness that he had on Sunday. Marquise Brown, this may be controversial. He is a wide receiver three. He is a boomer bust wide receiver three after playing 14% of the snaps on Sunday and getting four, five targets in those 14 snaps, four catches for 147 yards and two TDs, he is boomer bust. He is Baltimore's version of Will Fuller. That's really the way to think of him right now until we see more of it. Okay. Uh, as far as any of the other wide receivers go, it's kind of a toss-up. Miles Boykin, I want to say, only played about 12% of the snaps as well, had one catch, for a five-yard touchdown. As far as the tight ends go, Mark Andrews is the tight end one there. I have him as a mid to low end tight end one. I think he can put up big numbers again against this Cardinals defense. I love what he can do, and that's what I've got for that game. Justin, why don't you move on to the next one? Uh, next game we have San Francisco versus Cincinnati, and uh, it's really ugly on the San Francisco side. Um, Jimmy G struggled. Give him a low quarterback, too. Um, Nothing really much else to say there. 
um, other than th there's not a lot of options here outside of Kittle. Um, Kittle should have uh, a bounce back game. He'll be a tight end one, obviously preseason ranking of a tight end three. You're not going to sit him um, likely all season because of the opportunity that he has. Um, Brita at the running back position, I'd put it like a three or a four. I wouldn't play him unless you're desperate uh, or you had Tevin Coleman and you lost him. And, and now you're playing Brita um, from the wide receiver standpoint, absolute desperation to even consider this, but the only wide receiver that I would consider would be Debo Samuel um, as a flex in deep leagues out of desperation um, because he outsnapped the other two receivers. Pettis had 3% of the snaps uh, and, and Goodwin had like 70% of the snaps. So uh, Debo Samuel is going to be on the field more than everybody else. So that's what you want. Um, you'd prefer targets, but you'll take snap count. Um, from the Cincinnati side, I, I, I'm going to be putting Andy Dalton as a low-end quarterback one. If he threw 51 passes in the first week and there's a likelihood of Mixon not playing, um, San Francisco is an okay defense. Um, they, they did have two pick sixes this last week, um, but that was Jameis Winston's fault mostly. Um, Mixon, if he plays, I'd put him at a, a RB2 or 3 Um with the, the ankle injury that he has, I'm just not sure. I can't commit to anything more than that. If he plays, it'll probably be light duty. So I'm leaning more on the three side, potentially with that injury. As the, the rest of the week continues, maybe that goes a little bit higher. I don't see it getting any lower than what it is currently. Um, Boyd, high wide receiver too. He's going to get targets. Had he gotten a touchdown, um, he could have rivaled uh, Ross's numbers in terms of catches and touchdowns. Um, He's still clearly the number one. Uh, Ross, wide receiver three. He needs to do it again before I rate him anything higher than, than a mid to low range wide receiver three. But he's got the upside. He's got the speed. Uh, Going to be coming out of the slot a lot. Uh, and then at a tight end, the only tight end I would look would be maybe Uzama. And that's if you're desperate and once again in a deep league, uh, tight end two. Um, he outsnapped Eifert. He outproduced Eifert. Um, once again, Eifert is, is going to be very slowly worked into the mix because he's so injury prone. So that's my assumption or, or that's my rankings for this week on that game. I do have Cincinnati winning that game. All right. Uh, moving on the chargers versus the lions rivers is going to be at minimum. I believe a quarter, uh, a low end quarterback too, simply because though they run the ball well, for the most part, the way that they use Eckler as their top running back, I think he's going to be a uh, – they, they use him as a passing back mostly. Did you say low quarterback two or low so quarterback So low quarterback one. Okay, you said two. Just one, double thank check. You, thank you for clarifying. Thank he's you for not going to be worse than Jimmy G this week. No. Uh, so, sorry, low-end quarterback one. Eckler will be a high-end quarterback – or high-end running back two. Uh, Jackson, they haven't really involved him in the offense much, so I still see him as – a low-end flex play as of right now, mainly in standard leagues. Uh, Keenan Allen is going to be a, a wide receiver one or two. He's going to be on that that middle ground right there between those two. Henry I have as a low-end tight end one still as he's getting uh, back involved in the offense after missing most almost all of last season. Uh, Mike Williams I only have as a wide receiver three right now. They're still working on getting him involved. I believe he was also injured in the game on Sunday Though he, uh, though he's questionable right now for the game against Detroit, 
Um, I believe he was seen after the game walking fine with Keenan Allen out of the tunnel uh, to the parking lot. So he should be okay for this next game. But again, I only have him as a wide receiver three. As far as the Lions go, I think they really performed well last week against a really crappy defense. I have Stafford as a, a high-end quarterback two, mid to high-end quarterback two, because I think the Chargers defense is much better than Arizona's. on Johnson, uh, I was struggling with him in the preseason this year. I wasn't really, wasn't really gung-ho about him like a lot of people were. I see him as a low-end running back two in this game until we can see more, until... Until they can actually get a solid run game going, which Detroit has struggled to do for many, many years. C.J. Anderson ate into his production. I want to say both of them finished with uh, 11 and 13 carries in this game. So not exactly the the thing that you were looking for when you drafted carry on in the in, you know third or fourth round. Uh, Amendola I have as a wide receiver three mainly in PPR I'm not picking him up in standard again he's more that Golden Tate role like we were looking at like we were talking about last night Galladay I see as a solid wide receiver two Marvin Jones maybe more of a flex play as of right now simply with how they're using the offense uh, Hawkinson everyone's really high on Hawkinson right now I have him as a low end low end tight end one most likely a high-end tight end two in terms of my production, and I still think the Chargers blow out the Lions in this game. Yeah, I've got the next one with Minnesota and Green Bay. Uh, I'll start on the Minnesota side as a visiting team. Uh, Cousins is going to be a quarterback two. You have to complete or at least attempt more than 10 passes to me to even be considered a, a quarterback in the NFL uh, let alone a starter, let alone a starter making the money he's making. Um, they're going to need to move the ball a little bit more out of the air before, like, to me, you bench him. I, I know week one is a can be overreaction week, but Green Bay played very well against a good Chicago team. Um, though Trubisky is, is still young in being a quarterback, I still think that Green Bay has, has been a much improved defense so I wouldn't feel comfortable playing Cousins. Uh, I would feel I, I'm feel feel great about Cook, Dalvin Cook, high end RB two uh, for me. Uh, Green Bay's defense once again looked great. Um, Tyree Kill, uh, David Montgomery, uh, uh, Mike Davis struggled uh, in that game, um, but they didn't get much help from the passing game outside of Allen Robinson last week. Uh, I look for Dalvin Cook to be. The, the workhorse in this offense, they said in the offseason they wanted to get more involved in the running back game or, or in the running game. Seelan uh, and Diggs, to me, low wide receiver twos with, with upside on both. There's just not volume. Thielen um, was saved by a touchdown, but he only got like three catches. Diggs, hamstring injury, maybe that played into them not throwing the ball as much. Um, I'm not going to play Rudolph at all. Because if if Diggs and Thielen aren't eaten, Rudolph got one target last week. <laughs> not even worth playing at this point. Um, and so that's how I see kind of the Minnesota game. Cook is going to be the bell cow of this offense, followed by Thielen and then Diggs and then Cousins will have games potentially. Um, but once again, this is the toughest division with arguably the best defenses outside of the Lions. 
uh, in the division. So on the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers, I, I look to have a bounce back game. I'm not looking for him to be like a top five quarterback this week, but I am projecting quarterback one numbers, low quarterback one. Uh, Matt Ryan last week threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions, but what you're looking for in a starting quarterback in most leagues is 250 and two. If you can get that, you're going to have low quarterback one numbers on average. So I think Rodgers does that. I think he gets 250 yards. I think he gets two touchdowns in the air. So I'm having him as a quarterback one. Um, Aaron Jones makes me nervous with how much Jamal uh, Williams is getting involved in the offense. Jones was tweaked a little bit, sat out. Then Jamal Williams played a little bit more. Um, I am not as convinced as most others that Jones is the significantly better back. I still think Jamal Williams has stuff in the tank and stuff to prove uh, and is not as far removed from being the starter as most people think. Um, so until that gets sorted out and someone clearly defines it, once again, I'm looking at like 60-40. So Jones is going to be a low RB2 for me this week. Minnesota's a good defense. Uh, and Devonta Freeman struggled this last week as well. Um, even after all the hype that Devonta Freeman got from his coaching staff going into the season. Um, Adams, if Rodgers is going to be a quarterback one, Adams is going to have to be a, a wide receiver one. He was the number one pick for you. If After all the running backs were taken, those first couple of running backs, you took Adams. I think this could be a great bounce back game because last week, uh, there was 300 yards thrown on this defense. MVS, clearly the number two, but I'm not ranking him anything higher than a low wide receiver three, wide receiver four option. Minnesota's defense is still good. Um, I'm, I'm factoring in that, uh, that Adams is going to be more involved in the red zone. Jimmy Graham, touchdown dependent, heavy target in the red zone. Um, high tight end two, but only if he gets a touchdown. So I like Green Bay to bounce back in this game at home. Um, but that's how I see kind of those, those being the fantasy relevant players for this game. All right. Uh, the next game, the Jaguars versus the Texans. Gardner Minshew, I have as a high-end quarterback two that could possibly sneak into the quarterback ones, but I am putting him, his ceiling is probably like the very top of quarterback two, like that quarterback 13 or 14 12. range. um and here and the main reason why is the Houston. i mean i understand it's new orleans and all the all the weapons that they have but new orleans put up what was it 300 and how many yards was it against against the texans it was 360 pass yards or something like that uh yeah let me let me pull that up here again real quick so while he's while he's looking that up uh so so i 170 yards there you go 370 yards passing so i again Gardner Minshew, all we're looking for is 250 and two. I think he can do that. He did that in the second half alone, I think, against uh, Kansas City. Now, and Houston just lost another corner. Wow. That was cut, but. Yeah, uh, they just cut another cornerback. So, um, we yeah. We the passing game. <laughs> and they lost to David Conner the week before. So, this, this Houston defense is not. Uh, not what it not was last year. They they're not who we thought they were. <laughs> um. Moving on, Fournette is a running back too. Uh, until you know, we he put up decent numbers this last week. 
solid. I want to say he was right around five yards a carry, which is, you know, the best that he's had in his career. Five yards a carry. He had seven yards a catch. I want to say it was four catches for 28 yards. The main thing that hurt him was he lost a fumble. So uh, Westbrook, I have as a possible wide receiver two. He's kind of on that wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. DJ Chark, the next closest um fantasy relevant player on this team as a wide receiver three that's pretty much it for that team just because we don't really know what else is going to happen with this team um there's guys that could step up because of injury but until until that happens that basically those four are the fantasy relevant players uh as far as the texans go you know watson is a quarterback one i understand he's going to have a somewhat tough uh matchup against the jaguars this offense is not quite what the Kansas City Chiefs are. However, they are still extremely potent. Um, even if even if it's a mid to low quarterback one, Watson should be a quarterback one. Duke Johnson I have on that running back two, three kind of flex area. Uh, Hyde I have as a running back two or three in standard only. He's not really he doesn't catch the ball. They no team has used him to catch the ball since his second to last year with San Francisco where he caught 40 40 catches 30 catches or something like that 30 or 40 so he's not a PPR option Duke Johnson is the pass catching option there in Houston as far as the wide receivers go Hopkins is a wide receiver one if not the wide receiver one and Fuller I have is a boomer bust as always boomer bust wide receiver three and I think that they don't have a tight end to speak of. That's it for that game. Justin, you got one more. Uh, so I get the, uh, on paper, the easiest game to call um, in the Patriots and the Dolphins. But let's not forget that the Patriots have struggled against Miami in Miami in recent years. It's, it's just one of those things. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the warm weather. Maybe there's no snow. I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that they have had difficulties. But um, I don't see that happening this year. Bad um, to me. Once again, we'll start with the New England because of the visiting team. I'm having Tom Brady as a quarterback one. He was one of the top three quarterbacks this week, and that same numbers were put up. Um, the challenge is I just don't – I can't commit to any particular option being the go-to um, after that. And so uh, I like Tom Brady. He can put up some numbers. Uh, he can even do some dink and dunk passes. James White, I have kind of that RB2-3 range. Um, and Sony Michelle, that RB2-3 range, because they, I just don't know which one's going to be there. I'm not I'm not playing Burkhead at all. Um I'm, I'm not sure if I will even rank him in a top 60 um, because if they get up early, it'll be Sony Michelle. If they grind it out, they'll be using Sony Michelle more and they'll use James White, but that'll also include Edelman, Gordon, Brown, um, kind of all Edelman and Gordon, I think are both going to be locked as wide receiver twos. Edelman's going to be that, that short passing guy. Uh, Gordon's going to be stretching the field. Antonio Brown, as of right now, is going to be wide receiver two or three. He may not play, um, but if he does play, you got to play him at least in kind of that flex role 
because of the dynamic ability that he has and Tom Brady's the quarterback. Um, it does affect the other two receivers. The tight end is going to disappear. Um, LaCosta is, is not even going to be fantasy relevant anymore. Um, but that's how I see those three. Once again, Tom Brady, quarterback one, White, Michelle, Edelman, Gordon, and Brown, all kind of that wide receiver and running back two to three range with Edelman and, and Gordon being clear number twos. On the Miami side, Fitzpatrick, quarterback two, Drake, running back three. Um, New England's defense just looked really good against a good Steelers team. Juju Smith-Schuster was, was limited. James Conner was limited. Vance McDonald didn't get a target or a catch until the fourth quarter. Um, New England is going to stifle the Miami offense. Fitzpatrick can have some magic. Maybe he gets one or two touchdowns, but I'm not seeing it. Quarterback two, Drake, running back three, Balazs, droppable. And the only wide receiver I'd even consider in a, in a flex position in a deeper league would be Devontae Parker because he's clearly the one. Clearly? <laughs> the one? Clearly? He's the big-bodied receiver that Fitzpatrick likes to throw to down the field. He's like the the Evans, the 66% of Evans, um, and that's even generous uh, for, for Miami. He, he's the big body. He can run downfield. Um, but this this team's a dumpster fire. Uh, I, I'm very hesitant to play anybody from Miami. Remember, that whole team wants out of Miami now. So Yes, uh, and so does everybody who has anybody on that roster in fantasy. Um, <laughs> Miami, or sorry, I'm going to take New England, but – I'm going to take Miami to cover because the spread is 18 points and I don't <laughs> trust uh, three plus score spreads. I don't not in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. I would take Miami to cover in Miami. I'll take Miami to cover. Yeah, that's true. Only because it's in Miami though. If it was in New England, Foxborough, I take the over whatever it was. <laughs> All right, and last game, last game that we were going to cover tonight, the giants and the bills, uh, starting with the bills, the visiting team, uh, Josh Allen I have, again, on that cusp of the quarterback one, quarterback two. It's because of his running ability. He gets a fair share of running of rushing yards each game. He is going to throw a bunch. He's probably going to be throwing some more interceptions. However, he again, it's his legs that keep him in the game. And, again, the Giants didn't really do all that much to stop the pass defense of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, the Cowboys are a better offense than the Bills. I'm just saying the Giants really struggled in that game. Moving on, Devin Singletary is going to get even more touches than he did in this last game. Even though he played, I want to say, close to 70% of the snaps, he only had, I want to say, like nine touches, four carries and five catches. He is going to start getting more than that, especially with Gore only running for 11, car 11 carries for 20 yards at 1.8 yards Per carry. Singletary is going to be getting more. He could possibly be the guy, the the rookie, other than the obvious Josh Jacobs. He could be that you know lower end rookie in the in fantasy drafts that could possibly have a shot at moving into that low end running back one by the end of the season. As far as the wide receivers go, John Brown, I still have him as a boomer bust wide receiver two or three, simply because. Yeah, he got, what was it, 11 targets, but they weren't really pass happy early in that game. We'll see how that, if that continues moving on into uh, this next week. Uh, Cole Beasley, he is going to get targeted a lot. 
I have him as a wide receiver three in PPR only. He's not really used in the red zone. He's really used as a possession receiver just to move the sticks. He's going to get a lot of catches, but not for many yards. Moving on to the Bills, or to the Giants, Eli Manning is a mid to low quarterback too. That's just what he is now at this stage in his career. Barkley is the running back one. Well, at least, you know, a running back one. Um, Sterling Shepard I have as a wide receiver two or three. Um, that's basically all that we know right now as far as what he can do. Uh, Cody Lattimore, interesting. He, I have him as a boomer bust wide receiver three. He had nine targets in the game against uh, Dallas. We'll see what he can do. He only had three or four catches in that game, but nine targets is promising. And he played uh, over 60% of the snaps. I want to say he was closer to 70%. So um, he is definitely a guy to watch for as a boomer bust player if you absolutely need someone in a deeper league. And uh, at the tight end, uh, Evan Ingram, I have as a mid round or a mid area tight end number one. And that is it. That's what we've got. We've got all the game, or that's the first that's half the of the game. First half of the season. Week. First half of week two. Um, so that's all we've got. We want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the show. Justin, do you have anything else? Uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow. We're going to have Pick'em and Stick'em back. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, for those of you who don't know Pick'em and Stick'em, make sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, we we try to have a lot of fun with that one, so uh, I hope you guys tune in to hear our Pick'em and Stick'em game. Uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Justin. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.